Welcome to Radiance Reclaimed. I'm your host, Andrea Walker. And after seeking a deeper level of meaning in my own life for years, literally decades, and discovering countless inspiring tools of transformation and inspiration along the way, I've realized that the way to fulfill my own soul purpose is to support you in discovering yours. I'm so glad you found your way to this podcast, where my mission is to help you to break through those old stories that hold you back from taking action outside your comfort zone and to inspire you to create your own radiant soul purpose life with joy. If you're ready to leave those old limiting beliefs behind, get crystal clear on your radiant soul purpose and take quantum leaps forward to create your most fulfilling and passionate life, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. If you've been following me anywhere else, you know that recently, well, in July, I was fortunate to attend an Abraham Hicks in-person event, which was amazing. And those of you that know what I'm talking about, which is probably most of you listening, or you wouldn't be here. And if you haven't yet discovered Abraham Hicks, I'm a little envious because you have an amazing body of work. And this event was downtown Seattle, a thousand people in person with uh, Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham. Amazing, amazing. And so I wanted to, of course, share some takeaways from that event. Have to, have to, right? Some amazing takeaways. But before I do that, I want to say a few things about that knowledge, that wisdom that's being delivered there, especially to mitigate maybe any biases that might come in around the idea of somebody channeling a multidimensional being. (laughs) I have no issue with that, right? Because I mean, duh, of course, right? There's bazillions of all kinds of beings and knowledge and different ways of transmitting energy and information out there far more than probably any of us even begin to understand. The way that I think about it that helps to mitigate that for just to make it practical to be able to use fully the information is that idea of universal wisdom or universal knowledge. And by that, I mean, those ideas that you start to see appear in many, 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 many different lineages delivered in different ways, in different language, and yet at the same time, at their core, the same ideas. And this is something that cuts through. It's not really about religion, although you'll find some of this there because those are some places that you'll find universal thought and contemplative language, but it's not just there. It's it's all over the place. It's philosophy, it's ways of living, it's energy work, it's practical work, it's business theory. I mean, literally sort of high level business mindset coaching. It's all over the place when you start to look for it. And I think a big part of my life journey and my life work has been to see where those patterns are repeating and duplicating and coming from incredibly divergent sources and yet aligning and say, ah, there's something there. And also to see how it resonates with my own inner guidance, which I'm all about, which we are constantly working to clarify 
in the mastermind with my clients in the Radiant Creator Mastermind. So all that being said, the way that you can look at this knowledge and some of these takeaways is that they line up with universal wisdom that you can find in a multiplicity of places and voices. What I love about the work of Abraham Hicks, Abraham coming through Esther Hicks and the decades long canon of work that they've created, amazing depth, is that it's incredibly precise. It's incredibly precise. It's incredibly practical. It's kind of like a manual for your car. I think this is the analogy that I used in one of my talks in my group. It's like you opened up the glove box of your life and you pulled out this manual that said, when this light goes off, check page 53. I mean, it's really that practical. It's really that practical. And that to me is exciting because it gives us tools to accelerate our process of becoming aligned, enthusiastic, and energized creators of our life, of our life's work, of our experience. And that's really what it's all about. That's what it's all about for me and for the people that come into this world. So I think that this work and this knowledge is so useful for myself and for the people that I work with that are looking to really energize their creativity, looking to really shift how they're creating their life and how they're moving forward. That's how I look at these takeaways and that's how I invite you to look at them. So let's get started. Let's dive in. I love actually this idea that I picked up there or that they were talking about there that was so great that the whole point of all of this is that larger and larger numbers of you will come to enjoy it. And by that, they mean enjoy life. And I don't know how many of you know how it works at these events, but basically what happens is it's so simple, utterly so simple. You have however many people in a room, in this case, a thousand, and then you have this little stage in front, a couple screens on either side to project a larger image so everyone can see and hear. And then you have a microphone for Esther slash Abraham. And then you have a chair and a microphone for whoever's coming up into the quote unquote hot seat. And basically it just goes like Abraham via Esther says, what do you want to talk about? And a hundred arms shoot up all over the room. (laughs) And immediately with laser like focus, she slash they will point at somebody and say you there. And then that person will go up and ask their question, which are all over the board, but yet somehow completely tuned in to whatever everyone is thinking about. And then the conversation will ensue. So all of these takeaways were in response to these questions and the ensuing conversation. And I love this as a, this was actually in my notes towards the end, but I like it as an opening piece here because it gives some shape to what's the point of all this anyway. And it was basically about how we progress in our ability to do this work, to come more in alignment, to enjoy what we're doing. And then maybe we'll get to the end of this life and we'll pass away and come back and keep working on it and on and on and humanity on and on. And so with that said, the whole point of this is that larger and larger numbers of us will come to enjoy it, enjoy life. How simple, how utterly beautiful, how utterly unassailable 
as a goal. (laughs) It's fantastic. So, okay, so let's move on and go back to the beginning. One of the first points that I took a note of that is so powerful for all of us is your past will distract you from your now. Your past will distract you from your now. And what that means is that our power to create our future exists now. And this goes tandem with also the statement that attention is an invitation, another really important concept or a really important offering here. Attention is an invitation. And so when you look at both of those, you understand that when you give your attention to the past, you're not creating the future. You're perpetuating either what has come before or you're distracting your focus and That may actually be of some value if there's something in the past you're thinking of that you wish to recreate. However, in many cases, maybe in most, when we're giving our attention to the past in some way, we're taking away from our ability to create in the future. So this, I think, is a really important concept that underlays this work. And it's not to say that we bypass any of those prior experiences, especially maybe the negative ones, those give us such important experience in contrast in knowing what we don't want, in in knowing how good it is when it's good. However, we don't want to dwell there any longer than we need to, to recognize it, to honor it, to release it, so that we may use our attention to invite in the future that we want to create. So I love that. There was a lot of talk of resistance, and I don't think I had truly understood what that meant in this work until this event. And it was so, again, so precise. Oh, this Virgo heart and mind was just so delighted by the precision of these terms and these concepts. So precise. Resistance, when they are talking about resistance, what is meant is that there is a split energy. There's a split energy. And so split implies two, and it is two. It's that you as a human are having one emotion and perspective, but you as an inner being, eternal soul, higher self, whatever terminology you want to use, your non-physical extension of self has a different perception and understanding. And that happens anytime we have a negative emotion. And I'm going to go through what those are just to give you an example. Because the higher self, that non-physical being, does not ever have a negative emotion. That's the part of us that's not in this earthly realm. It's called so many different things, soul, intuition, inner self, higher self, non-physical self, that self understands that all is perfect exactly as it is. So there's no need for that negative emotion. But then of course, as humans, we have tons of negative emotions. That's what we come here for, for that experience, for that variety, for that contrast, for that understanding so that we can understand how good good is so that we can have the richness of the depth of tone And so our work is to bring our energy into alignment with the inner being. So then we don't have that split energy because when energy is split, it does not allow momentum to build. And we're going to talk about that allowing momentum to build, which makes sense, right? It makes sense. You're pulling in opposite directions. So those energies 
that would cause those emotions that would cause split energy. This is from the emotional guidance scale, which is the way that we can use our emotions to very precisely know if we're moving in the direction of alignment, of calling in that which we desire. The negative ones are boredom, and it goes down from there, right? Boredom, pessimism, frustration, irritation, impatience, overwhelm, disappointment, doubt, worry, blame, discouragement, anger, revenge, hatred, rage, jealousy, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. Those don't feel good, do they? They don't feel good because they're actually evidence of a disconnect between our physical self and our soul self, our higher self, our inner being. So that's what resistance is. And so our work is to cultivate the positive side of the emotional guidance scale to cultivate by recognizing what that is and calling it in and doing the work even in small ways to reset that momentum, to reset with intention that emotional guidance scale and to head in the direction that has more of the positive side of things so that we are in alignment, so that we are allowing momentum to build, not building momentum. We're not doing it. We're allowing it to build by aligning with the positive emotion of our inner being. Those are things like working upward, contentment, hopefulness, optimism, positive expectation, belief, enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness, passion, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. And the tipping point, I love this, the tipping point between the positive and the negative is between boredom and contentment. (laughs) Just love that, boredom and contentment. And again, I think it is really important how we talk about this. I think it's an ongoing process to talk about this in a way that we're not talking about falsely pasting on a positive emotion. We're not talking about ignoring the reality of certain situations or experiences. We're not talking about this kind of Pollyannish approach. We're talking about genuinely, authentically becoming clear on what in your life supplies you with this more positive side of the emotional guidance scale, then prioritizing that and prioritizing a path forward that respects and honors that spark of inspiration and respecting that there are no good or bad emotions There's positive and negative, but those are not good or bad. It is a variation of contrast. And if we wish to cultivate more of the positive, that is good and wonderful and worthy. And we are able to do so. And there's a kind of recognition of honoring those sorts of things that reset that guidance system. Things like meditation, taking a nap, having a cup of hot tea, walking in nature, spending time with a child or any other loved one, making art, all of those things, seeking out beauty. Those are intentional actions that we can take to cultivate this alignment that allows more momentum to build. 
and allows us to work with whatever parameters we have in the moment, which are different for everyone, different for everyone. Again, it's also not a denial of the realities of this earth, this earthly existence, where we all have different parameters of capacity, of privilege, of financial status, of geography, of gender, of on and on and on, etc. It's a wide set of guidelines that anyone who has this knowledge can use. Very practical. All right, this next piece helps perhaps too with understanding a little bit more how to use this. You have to, quote, give up a lot of needing to be right for a lot of wanting to feel good, unquote. That cracked me up a little bit because doesn't that sound like the best sort of relationship advice ever? (laughs) But that's not really the context it was given. It's more about giving up that sense of being justified in feeling all of these negative things. I'm justified to feel overwhelmed. I'm justified to feel frustrated. I'm justified to feel disappointment. I'm justified to be worried. Fighting for your right to be in the negative half of the chart. So while we don't want to ignore or not honor those situations, we have to make a choice to let it be more about, I love how I feel, let it be more about wanting to feel good and less about, I'm justified in feeling this way and fighting for that. This can be a humbling piece of this to say, okay, this is a really crappy situation and I feel this way X, Y, Z about it, but I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to intentionally choose how I move forward vibrationally here because I know that it's powerful to do so. Okay. The path of least resistance, which comes up a lot in these conversations, does not mean doing nothing. I've been really curious about this statement because there's a lot of talk of this, right? The path of least resistance. Abraham talks about that all the time. It does not mean doing nothing. and It does not mean that you just visualize the thing and you sit back and wait for it to appear. It does not mean just sort of laying around enjoying bonbons and cocktails in the sun, although that is highly recommended if it sounds good and you have opportunity to do so. It means that you get quiet enough to tune into that inner voice. This is a huge piece of what we do. It's really the whole point of the 12-month mastermind. Learning how to get quiet enough to genuinely hear that inner voice and wait for the spark of divine inspiration, wait for the spark of inspired action where you just know the next thing that you're called to do because you're so excited about it. And it might be really different than what everyone else expects or wants you to do. And it might be different than what you are expecting or thinking you should do. If you're thinking you should do something and it feels really heavy and really blocked, then think about that as some valuable information. And so path of least resistance does require us to get quiet. It requires us to have a meditation practice, have a contemplation practice, be able to take pauses, be able to separate ourselves from the stimulation of the external world so that we can hear what our internal guidance is telling us so that we can choose that next step that is exciting, inspired, energizing. I really think that that's the essence of the work that I do with my clients. It all comes down to that, supporting each person to be able to do that. 
to be able to know with just fervent certitude that this is the next piece in what I'm creating. I'm so excited for this. I'm so supported in this and feeling that flow of something that it might be a lot of effort, but it's so energized and so aligned that it just feels so natural and it feels easy, even if it's a lot of physical effort or a lot of mental effort, because there's nowhere else you'd rather be. It's that kind of feeling. And then This concept I thought was beautiful that the reset piece, the meditation piece, the walking in the woods piece, the doing something that feels beautiful in your body is about letting yourself finally feel your own worth. And that in and of itself is a reset. That in and of itself will just shoot you right up to the top half of that emotional chart. Things like optimism, hopefulness, gratitude, happiness, joy, passion, appreciation. Because when you finally feel your own worth, how can you be even separate from those things when you really understand that? And what is worth? This is the question I would have asked, I realized, if I had been called on is, what is Abraham's definition of worth? Because there was a lot of talk about worth and that sort of thing, but there was no talk of what that's really meant. But you know what? I don't actually really have to ask that. And I don't think you do either. I think if we're honest with ourselves and we say, what is our worth, each one of us as a human being, each one of us is precious and unique beyond measure. Every single one of us has a unique point of view, a unique vantage point, unique experience, unique realizations. Each one of us is a unique masterpiece of experience, of soul knowledge, of a beautiful contribution to the whole. It's incredibly democratic, it's singular, and it rings true. And I would challenge anyone to take issue with that in any way. And I think we all know that if we really sit with it, if we're really honest about it. So I think that's a great piece to consider. And then finally, the last piece that I'll share is this incredible definition of freedom. I'm very interested in freedom. I'm very interested in the feeling of freedom. I want that for myself, for my family, for my friends, for my clients. Freedom is that feeling where you feel free from the resistance that keeps you from the whole of who you are. How beautiful is that? Free from the resistance that keeps you from the whole of who you are. And when you understand what the term resistance means, then you understand that if you're free from resistance, you're in the upper half of that emotional guidance scale, then yeah, that feels so good. You feel alive. You feel like yourself. You feel excited. You feel energized. You feel creative, you feel worthy, you feel delighted, you feel amazing, you feel joyful. That's a feeling of freedom, no matter what you're doing or where you are or what the context is. And that is definitely something that I'm all about. So I really love that definition, free from the resistance that keeps you from the whole of who you are as a unique being worthy beyond measure. I hope that that all has been interesting and compelling. I'd love to hear your concepts, your concepts. I would love to hear your concepts. I'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your takeaways from that and whatever else you'd like to add to the conversation. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening. 
My goal is to help as many humans as possible to reclaim their soul radiance and get clear on their radiant soul purpose. And if this episode has inspired you in any way, I would love if you left me a review and or let me know on Instagram at Andrea J. Walker Radiance, middle initial J. You can take a screenshot and tag me or just shoot me a DM. If you're looking for additional support, you can jump into my private Facebook group where I go live every week and offer even more tools and community to lift you up. Find us at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash radiant soul purpose. See you here next week.